Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. That Davis show, lucky enough to have Lamont, Lamont Pope, who covers the White Sox for the Tribune, joining us. Follow him at Lamont Pope. How you doing today, Lamont? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, uh, listen, we got a lot to get into. Uh, one, you know what? Even on a, a, a nicer note, before we get into Ricky being let go, who's going to be the manager, this is your second or third season of following the Sox. I remember you following ND when we first started talking to you, DM myself. Yeah, this is my first full season. I joined on the beat uh, in June of uh, 2019, and so this is my first full season. And, and what a what a first Ooh, full season you, to do, right? You <laughs> lucked <little> up. <laughs> <laughs> you lucked up. You listen. Was it was it a little harder though, since you had to deal with the pandemic and you couldn't necessarily be around the team, be around the team? Yeah, it, it was like spring training was great. You know, going on down to uh, Arizona and really getting the chance to, to talk to all the guys. Got a little lot of one-on-ones during that time and time period. But then after that, yeah, when everything went under lockdown, you know, everything all through Zoom, you, you really don't get the chance to, to know the guys as, as well as you would, you know, during even during last year when I had the chance to be in the clubhouse and talk to some of the guys and chat with some of them back then. And so that, that did present some challenges uh, from that standpoint. And so looking forward to hopefully one day getting a full season uh, yeah. doing it the right way. But listen, lucky enough, you are there at the right time. And it was funny. I know from some of the times when me and myself was at the score before they had like a podcast down there, it was like, somebody better start following this team because they're going to take off sooner or later. So you're about to hit the stride, young man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I mean, this this season, the fact that they were able to do what they were able to do with all the young talent that they had, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun to follow, even under the uh, unique circumstances. True, true, true. So let's get into it. Uh, at, during this season, at, at any point, did you believe – that Rick Renteria was going to be let go. I know you have the article talking about the four costly games. Now, was it necessarily those games you started to notice? Or did this season you think that Ricky would be fine and the Sox would keep the status quo? Yeah, I mean, those final four games, or those four games that I highlighted in uh, today's Tribune, they sort of were like a little bit of a microcosm of what went wrong for the team down the stretch, right? I mean, they had such a strong run, you know, particularly getting in first place at a three-game lead when they uh, clinched their playoff spot for the first time since uh, 2008 when they beat the Twins 4-3 uh, to three that day. So three-game three, three game lead over the Twins for first place in the AL Central that day, and then, then everything went wrong, right? It, they, they, they closed the regular season, losing eight of the last ten. Some of them were blowout losses, like one of the losses to the Cubs, 10 to nothing. Uh, but but some of them were really tight, down to the wire, really, and it came down to one decision here or there. Uh, it, nothing really particularly with Ricky per se. Uh, and, and Rick Hahn said on a, on Monday that it wasn't one particular game, it wasn't one particular week that led to the change. But those those games, particularly those, uh, that series in Cleveland, where there's just some, some really crucial games and some really crucial decisions. I remember particularly uh, that, that the loss, in the, I guess it was the uh, the Thursday game. You know, they they took the lead in the seventh inning, and then in the bottom of the seventh inning. They go to, uh, you know, Jimmy Cordero starts the inning off, allows three singles, so they load the bases. They stick with Jimmy. He gets the next two guys on out. And then, you know, and the funny thing was, we talked to Aaron Bummer. Uh, you know, they, they, Bummer and, uh, and Carlos Rodon both came off the injured list that particular day. So mm-hmm. this is the first day that they're, they're both eligible to, to pitch. 
And in that situation, obviously, Bummer is one of the, you know, not only one of the top relievers for the Sox, but one of the top relievers in, in, in the American League. And so you think in that situation, you're going to go to Bummer to kind of close on and out. But, you know, <laughs> you pan, you, you, they show the camera and you see in the bullpen that it's Rodon and you're like, wait. And then, <laughs> and then you kind of, it's like, wait, okay. Um, well, maybe maybe for next, maybe it's for next inning, right? Yeah. No, they're, they're bringing them in. They're bringing them in for that particular situation. It's just, it's just an impossible situation for 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 someone for like Rodon, who's who hadn't you know a hadn't pitched for a long stretch anyway, but particularly had been a starter, hadn't pitched in relief since uh, 2015. So this this was his first relief appearance since 2015, coming on in with the bases loaded and two outs in that situation, gives up a two run single just out of the, first, the hit just out of the reach of Yomer uh, Sanchez's glove, and then gives up the double there, and the Indians pull ahead and they win that game, and then they you know end up sweeping that series, and so that that was one of those games in which it was like, you know, and and then afterward when we had the chance to talk to, to Ricky after the game, he mentioned that that was particularly part of the game plan. It was like they wanted to see what, what Rodon can do in that sort of situation. And it's like, no, this in this particular time is not the time to test things out. You got to win games. And, yeah. and that, that was one of those situations where, you know, he, he got a lot of, uh, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a second guess. It was a first guess, right? Everyone knew in that situation, you got to go to the guy that's got the experience to close him on out. Correct. So that was one of those games that, that really – Kind of, kind of summed up how how that stretch went. Up. You know, obviously the, the, coming off the two previous days when they lose on back to back walk off home runs, you really need to get that game there. And they had that game in, you know, they had the game in their grasp when they and they let that one slip away. And so, it was, you know, that stretch, those four games in Cleveland, you know, really were the difference between them being a possible two or possible three seed in the in the playoffs, and and them instead slipping all the way down to seven and having going out to Oakland for the uh, for the playoffs. Elamon, when you bring that up, and I, that was a terrible game, even the part where you got to, to Jimmy Cordero, because I remember how shaky he was, but he finally got out of it. Uh, but when he, when he brought in Carlos, and my first thought was, okay, they activated Carlos and Aaron Bummer, so they, they probably wanted them to use him. As you said, that was the game plan. And now, when you're saying it's the game plan, we would think that it's baseball operations and Ricky's, but perhaps the baseball operations not to want him, not want Rodon in at that leverage situation. They wanted him in relief because he hadn't been pitching, or was that just Ricky deciding that? How, how do you how do you parse that situation? Because that seems to follow on front office also for thinking Rodon can necessarily do that. As you mentioned, he hadn't pitched in relief in so long. Yeah, he was going to be used in relief. You know, during the stretch run into the playoffs, that was going to be the plan for for Carlos going into to, for the rest of the season. Uh, but I think in that situation, it, it, it was like they almost felt that they can almost have the chance to sort of steal an opportunity to to test. Carlos out, and so like you know, the, uh, Ricky said after the game that Bummer wasn't going to be able to go, you know, finish up the seventh and then come back on out for the eighth. They wanted to be able to use uh, uh, Aaron for the for the full inning, and so the, his strategy was going to be, you know, what we're we're going to use Carlos here. We can we can use him, test him out, see how see how things work here in the seventh, get that last out, and then have Bummer for for the eighth inning. But you know, the, it's a situation where you, you can't plan for one thing. You, you got to get out first. Yeah, you know, the, the most important, the most critical thing is getting that last out there in the seventh inning, and they weren't able to do it in that sort of situation. And so that, and again, that was that was just such a costly loss. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we can talk a lot about uh, Game Three of the uh, of the of the wild card series as well. Um, just sort of the 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 you know, particularly that fourth inning, right? You know, you're up you're up three nothing. It's really a game in which. Yeah, they, they had those opportunities, so many more opportunities early in the game to kind of cash on in and, and to really put put Oakland in a big hole. And and when you're in the playoffs game, you, you got to be able to cash in on those situations. But you know, they they still had three nothing. Um, Cody Hoyer had been so good uh, throughout mm-hmm. the entire season, gives up the two run homer. 
uh, to Murphy. And then once again, they bring in Rodan. Um, and, oh. you know, uh, <laughs> um, I didn't. I want us to be happy in this interview. There's a lot to be happy about for the White Sox team, but you know, just this, this last stretch was just kind of rough. You know, kind of a rough uh, inning for the team, right? Um, you know, and you know, obviously, uh, he, he allows the first two hit. You know, the first two guys get on the walk and a double, so they got second and third, and then uh, and then obviously with the the new. Bat, you know, with the new rule this season where you have to face three batters minimum, uh, mm-hmm. Ricky didn't want uh, – Ricky thought it was a better matchup to have Matt Foster in against uh, – um, in that situation. And, and so they, they walked the guy, and then they brought in Matt, and then Matt walks the next two guys. And just like that, a 3 nothing lead becomes a 4-3 deficit. And Matt had been so good throughout throughout the entire yeah. season as well. Um, you know, obviously, the, the last – his one of his outings there in Cleveland was kind of uh, – you know, you start – I think it was the the Tuesday game, um, and you know, so they they're leading, they, or they, they took the lead in extra innings in the tenth inning. They got two runs there uh, in the in the top of the tenth, and then uh, uh, Alex Colome he, he pitched a perfect ninth. He was supposed to come back on out for the tenth, but just some bad luck. His back started acting on up, so they had to go. So they went to Matt, and Matt got the first two out, um, and then he gave a double. And so, it was, and then he walked the next guy, and you kind of tell that was sort of a situation where it's like this is a really, really tense moment. And then they obviously brought in uh, Ruiz, and he got the three-run homer there to to Ramirez for to walk that game off as well. So, so just some of those, you know, some of those, you know, they're they're in all these games. Really, really, it's just you know one pitch here, one one decision there, and 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 you know we might be talking about a team that's still you know competing right now and playing right now in the in the ALCS. It would, would have been it would have been very nice if that was going to take. <laughs> Definitely appreciate it. That Davis show we have Lamont Pope who covers the White Sox for the Tribune. Follow him at Lamont Pope. Listen, is there much truth to the the facts that there was some kind of pushback between Rick Renteria and Don Cooper when it came to uh, metrics and data from baseball operations, or is this just something that's coming up because they're gone? And of course, guys that are looked at as being kind of old school, we won't say there's necessarily pushback, but they use analytics and data, but they still kind of go with how they feel the game uh, used to go in the past too also oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure those reports are, are accurate i mean yeah uh, was a really good great reporter and so yeah I, I definitely believe that that might be the case as well but it's a situation as you said as well i mean you know obviously they, they do use it uh, to some some extent you know there's there's some little bit here a little bit there in a situation as well and you're always everyone's always trying to trying to look for answers as far as that's concerned as far as you know why, why are you going to make that kind of decision because like you said i mean it was a situation where i think it, it's more of a situation um where where they really do believe that you know this is a team that's capable of taking that next step. Um, th- there's a couple of guys that might be available uh, that have um, a ton of postseason experience and a ton of postseason success, and they, they figure you know what if, if we're going to do this, this is now the, the opportunity to get one of these guys before um, you know before they're gone, and and, they, and then they have to kind of scramble if if they have to go and wait the next season. And so I think it, I think it was more like you know what this is this is an opportunity we're going to kind of really going to go for it right now. And say, now let's go ahead and make this change and see if we, if the Sox can take that next step. Look, sticking with that, I want to talk a little bit about Don Cooper and the fact that, like you just said, they looked at them having a window and that there's a lot of candidates out there that are valuable and why not, why not get up, get in one, not miss out on the chance. Do you think if they would have stuck with Ricky? They would have probably kept Don, even though some people said that he he checked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured. But I, the, my, my main my main question is. 
is was the problem with keeping him moving forward. Any top flight manager will want to bring in perhaps his own pitching coach or the relationship in the past that like Joe Cowley reported on as far as with Kenny Williams in the front office, Don Cooper and having like a direct line to the clubhouse that managers necessarily don't want you to have that type of access or feel comfortable with a front office having that type of access. Yeah, I think they I think that they feel that this is an opportunity again to sort of have that, that clean break. I mean, one of the things that uh, one of the things that Rick Hahn mentioned was like, you know, this is going to be an opportunity for them. They're going outside of the organization, which is something that they haven't done in an awful long time, right? Correct. And so, so, so I think from that standpoint, you know, to, to, to com- completely get that fresh, fresh spin on things, fresh look at things, you know, it, it's a situation where, you know, I mean. Cooper has been there for, for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's an opportunity for them to kind of say, all right, how can we best approach this thing moving forward from a complete uh, standpoint, from, from, from a total on the field standpoint. And so I think that, I think that was part of the, part of the thought process with that as well. Look, with the Tony LaRusso interview, how far are those stocks going down this rabbit hole? Um, yeah, terrific I mean, manager, but I, he's, that's a, that's a, that's some throwback, throwback, throwback. That's <laughs> yeah, that is like the definition of old school. Not yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's yeah. I, I would be surprised uh, to say the least if if that ended mm-hmm. up being the case. Um, like like I said, I mean, Hall of Famer, um, three time World Series uh, championship manager, but he hasn't managed since you know, twenty eleven. Yeah, uh, um, and and it, it, I just think that it's a situation where. Yeah, one of the things, one of the things that, that Rick was talking about, you know, just just getting an opportunity to to talk to different guys, to 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 pick their brain, see what see what you know what they see in the White Sox as well, and maybe be able to kind of kind of say, oh, okay, see, we didn't think about that from that standpoint. We didn't, we didn't think about this from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and when you have the chance to talk to someone like a Tony Larusa, you, you take it. Um, but but I, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to get to the point where where he's going to be. Uh, the next guy that's going to be. Getting I, I hope not because it would be, it would seem like a somewhat awkward relationship. And I'm, I'm sure that it wouldn't initially be, but between LaRusa and Han, because LaRusa has a direct connection with the owner mm-hmm. and friendship. And usually you want to go through the general manager to get to the owner instead of you being able to work your way around. So it would look like to me that perhaps Han wouldn't have the control that we thought he had, but then it kind of reminds me of the situation where Kenny quote unquote hired Ozzy, but of course we know Jerry probably did want Ozzy to probably be the manager at that point. So it, it just, to me, it's, it's when everything's moving in direction, it's like, yeah, we're up to date. We're current. We're not doing <laughs> stuff anymore. And then it's like Tony LaRusso and it's like, that's, yeah, that would have been cool 15 years ago, but I just wor- I just wonder about Rick Hahn in that situation and, and how he would look at it as far as being, I won't say pressured, but somewhat probably being told that your owner has a, has a desire to have this guy in rather than someone you would prefer to move forward in the working relationship. It's given us something to talk about. It's given us something to write about. You know, it's kept it's kept me busy. <laughs> right. Good, good point. Great point. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I, I I would be surprised if uh, if that, if that ended up being the case. I mean, I I mean, I think like you said, it's an, it's an opportunity uh, to to get to get a chance to uh, to get someone like uh, AJ Hench or get someone like Alex Cora, you know, who can kind of fit more of that profile of what Rick Hahn talked about what they were looking for. They wanted someone with recent mm-hmm. championship experience. Um, and, and, and those, those two guys both fit that, uh, fit that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that David show right here. We have, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Lamont Pope. Lamont, look, AJ Hitch, you just mentioned him, right? Um, I've, I've opined from since he got fired last year. I knew we had to wait a year. 
But I was like, oh, and it was funny because you saw the reaction in the media to the scandal. And I don't necessarily think it would be a huge PR problem, but do you believe it would be a PR problem? And perhaps that's where they're doing the end around with La Russa before fixating on someone who some fans and some reporters, there's going to be some blowback because he broke he broke sacred, sacred rules in baseball. This is worse, quote unquote, than steroids. I, I believe it's under Pete Rose. All right. I think it's, I don't think it's past Pete Rose, but still, do you think there'll be an issue bringing him into the fold with, uh, with White Sox Nation, basically? Or is it like, no, we want that guy because we know he's such a winner? Uh, well, according to a few of my emails, yes. It'll <laughs> be a little bit of an issue. And I'm sure, you know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's going to be some questions. He's going to have to answer some questions, you know, just like how, how Dallas had to answer some questions right. when, he, when he first arrived. You know, there, I mean, there were some fans that were, you know, that were talking about, oh, man, you know, how can we have, you know, how can you add uh, someone like Dallas Keuchel to, to the mix there? Uh, you know, he, part of that part of that uh, 2017 Astro team, cheaters, cheaters, cheaters. And it's like, but but once he started Pitching well once he once he became that team leader once he did that team speech everyone was like yeah we got we got, we got, we got back, right yeah, that, we good we good we good so so I, I think it's going to be one of those type of situations well if it's either either with AJ or or with Alex I think it's a situation where you know they're going to have to answer the questions they're going to have to answer the questions once twice three times four times right. um, and 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 really show that you know I actually did something that. Uh, uh, today, like sort of like just kind of kind of diving on in um, to to AJ, and and one of the things that you know the commissioner mentioned was like you know he didn't he didn't um, um, you know, he didn't participate in it he didn't uh, he didn't set it up but he was negligent uh, but 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 the fact that he he knew about it and yeah. he didn't stop it uh, and 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 that's one thing I read I read his, you know he had an interview with uh, Tom Verducci uh, you know, in, in February after it happened as well and and he was. You know, he he was very remorse, remorseful. He said, "You know, there's some things I should have done. Yeah, there's some things that you should have done, and that's and those are going to be the things that he's going to have to answer for. You know, if it's here or if it's Detroit, you know, uh, or wherever his next job is going to be, uh, it's going to be a topic that he's going to have to come on over and to, to get on over, and and it'll be something that you know that's going to that's he's going to have to answer for as well." Listen, don't, I know he cheated, Lamar, but don't send him to Detroit. I mean, that's just unfair. But I want to keep it on different destinations. And this is something executive producer Ryan brought up on Tuesday's show. Should the White Sox organization and fans be worried about if the Los Angeles Dodgers get knocked out of the playoffs? Because we know that Dave Roberts is basically hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's, that's, that's a better team as far as the money that will be spent and a better market. I'm in Chicago, and I'm just stating facts. So is there a fear of, Lord, one, you have to wait till the World Series is even over to get A.J. Hitch. It would be great if he could be – if you can sign him now while the Dodgers are still playing, but do you think that there's a chance that if the Dodgers get knocked out, that AJ Hinch may take that job? I guess is the question I'm asking. I mean, you always have to. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, that's always something that you have to keep in your back of your mind, and that's why you always got to keep working. Uh, you know, to, to try to, to lock these things on up as quickly as possible. But I, I think that the Sox um, recognize or realize that they wouldn't have gone down this path if they if they didn't think that they had a really good chance at getting one of those two guys. And so, so I think I think they have a plan, and I think that they'll be able to execute that plan on out. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Dodgers, you know, if, if they lose uh, tonight, you know, go down three one, and, and then you know, a little more pressure is going to be on them to, to kind of they, they have to at least get to the World Series. I think for for I agree to feel, feel safe, and so. So that's, yeah, that's going to be something that you know everybody's going to be watching moving on forward just to see how everything kind of works on out because yeah, that, that would be a huge opening uh, for someone to kind of take on in and take that reins. And obviously, you know, they they have the resources 
to kind of go after the best and uh, and it'll be worth worth watching to see what kind of direction they go and if, if they do fall short again uh, this postseason. Matt Davis show with Lamont Pope. Look, I want to get back into the, the candidates for the manager, uh, but one thing that just, just popped out into my head, and you're around the media often, and I'm, I'm talking about not just with baseball probably, but the, people report on multiple sports. What, what is what is the thought pattern? And is it just a, uh, that that uh, the Jerry is getting old, Jerry Reinstorf, the chairman is getting old, but what's the thought pattern about looking what's happening with the Bulls, with Billy Donovan being able to fire coaches that are signed up? And even when you sit there, and of course it's just one year, but Rick Richria has another year, and we're doing we're doing this in the pandemic, and it seems like the purse strings have been opened up. Like, what, what do people feel is the reason behind this, and is it just mortality, I guess is the question that they're going for? Or is it because the market, you know, fans don't put up with the type of stuff they used to put up with the past necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an aggressive move on both parts, right? You know, I mean, obviously, I mean, the Bulls, um, you know, I mean, the lack of success there, but you know, from the White Sox standpoint, yeah, you make the playoffs for the first time since uh, 2008, your first winning season since 2012. Um, you, you see that, you know, this is, this is building, this is building, you know, it's a situation where, where you, you know, a change wasn't necessary. Right. Uh, whereas the Bulls, are obviously a different sort of situation with how with how things were running over there. Um, and so um, so it's, it's an aggressive move, um, but it's a move that you make when you feel that you have the chance to take that next step. And, and that's and that's what they feel like. And, and you know, and I think they're not they're not messing around. I mean, that, that it's, it's, it's something if, if you're a White Sox fan uh, that you have to be um, impressed with and you have to be you know kind of pleased with it. Now, now you know, like I said, the the, the uh, situation with it being in a pandemic where, where they, you know, no fans, obviously in the stands, no revenue from that standpoint. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be just such an odd offseason, not only for the White Sox, but for all the baseball, uh, as far as that's concerned, just to see how much you know, you can add to your roster or, or how, what kind of moves you can make to kind of improve your roster, uh, given what we, what, you know, not only what has happened this past season, but, some, some of the uncertainty moving ahead as well. I mean, we, we really don't know what 2021 is going to look like. You know, when will fans be back in the stands? When will, you know, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to play a full season, but, you know, you just never, you just don't know. Uh, and so, right. you know, so there's so much uncertainty right now. And obviously when it comes not only to sports, but just anything in general with dealing, dealing with any type of business, you want to, you want to have that sort of certainty and, 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 and set. But you know, one of the things that, that, that Rick talked about on Monday was that, uh, you know, they've sort of set themselves on up financially where, the, where they've, you know, they're, they're in an okay position from as far as some, having some of these guys locked on in already, obviously long terms, a lot of these young, young players, you know, you have a Luis Robert locked on in long term, you have Yolan, uh, Eloy. So you, so you have some, so much of the, of the roster is already set and in place. Uh, it might be just a little bit of a tweaking here and there, whereas as, as far as like we got to blow up the whole model of, of how we're going to approach this this offseason. And so, but it, it's something to keep in mind from, from the, from the, you know, how you're building the team, because obviously, you know, they, they want to kind of get better in right field again. They want to get better and designate a hitter again. They want to add a, they want to add a veteran starting pitcher. So those, those are three key needs that they need, or that they're going to be looking for in the offseason. Um, and then, then obviously you throw on top of it, uh, a new manager, new pitching coach, maybe, you know, maybe, some other new coaching, you know, some coaching changes as well. And so, um, so, you know, you have to kind of keep all that in mind and, but it's an aggressive call. uh, But I think, you know, it's, it's a call that the team felt was necessary for them to make to kind of take that next step. Look, I want to get to the managers and free agents, but one thing you just brought up as far as pitching coach, do you think they may go to having more than one pitching coach? 
Like, you know, like more of some of these other teams are looking just for one guy to be able to unlock uh, all these pitchers in the rotation, but perhaps looking for guys that can do multiple things and instead of just going with the one pitcher coach role. Maybe they'll he'll, one guy have the, the, the title, but basically someone else will be on equal status for the most part with the group. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just such a unique, obviously it's something that the White Sox haven't had to do in a long, long time, right? <laughs> look for, look for some, uh, how they want to kind of build uh, – um, you know that, that young core of pitching staff because I mean there's so much young talent that they have yes. in the staff, and so you want to get the most out of it. You know, uh, you know Lucas and Dane and uh, Dylan and uh, Crochet, Crochet and yeah. So, so there's, there's, there's there's so much talent, young talent there that you want to help develop and take the take that next level. You know, you see like a like a Dylan sees where where he has such you know he has. So much talent in that arm, but but you have to you know he's got to get better as far as uh, that walk rate. It's got he's got you know he has to show more control there. Control. Even even some even someone like a like like a um, Ronaldo. I mean he has all the talent in the world. Yeah. But he's been just so inconsistent these last couple of seasons. When he's on, when he's locked in, you know he's it's he can nice. be very he can be very effective. I mean, even in, during that stretch run, he had he had a couple of really nice starts. Obviously the, the game against the Twins when they wrapped up the playoffs. You know some of us were kind of surprised that he was the guy that got the yes. title. <laughs> Um, and, and he pitched really well. Uh, and then, then obviously in Cleveland, he, he, he had a, his next start, he pitched really well there. But then his last start of the season against the Cubs, not so good. And he was locked off the playoff roster. Uh, yeah. so, so just sort of having that consistency that, you know, that, you know, he has all the talent in the world, but just making those consistent marks. And so, so whoever they get in that pitching uh, coach role, you know, he, he's going to have a whole lot of talent to work with. Now it's just kind of maximizing getting the most out of, the, out of that group. Now, getting back to to the manager situation, from AJ Hinch to Tony Larusa to Alex Cora, one, who else do you know if if you do was on this list, and what are the pros and cons about the guys that I just listed and anybody else that you list? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they, you know, obviously with both um, AJ and Alex, I mean, the, you know, the biggest con is what we've we've talked about, it's just cheating. sort of going over the, the stain of that of the uh, of the cheating scandal. Obviously, with with Alex a little bit more because he was one of the guys that was you know kind of hands on with that situation. Um, yeah, but obviously the pros with both, you know, they, they were able to, you know, obviously <laughs> in, in AJ's case, uh, you know, uh, three consecutive uh, 100 plus win one. seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, so a whole lot of winning. That's, that's bottom line, right? <laughs> obviously, you know, with Houston, 107 wins in, in, in 2019, the most in franchise history with Alex, uh, I think it was uh, 108 wins in 2008, the, the most in Red Sox history for a single season. And so, you know, not only have they won, but they've won big and, and they brought home the title. And so, and obviously the same thing, uh, you know, historically with, with, with Tony La Russa, obviously, um, when, you, when you have someone who, who's three championships as a manager um, and then helped in the front office for, for another championship as well. And so, so the, the fact that, the, you know, the, those three guys have all the, you know, have the number one thing that you want is someone who can guide you to a championship who's done it, who knows what to do, what it takes to, to, to get the job on done. I think those are the key ingredients when, when you're looking for, for someone to, uh, to get to, to, to take that next job. And that's why I think it's really like, you know, I can, I can list other guys that I think may or may not be, um, you know, possible candidates. Uh, but I think, I think it really is going to be coming, come on down. If, if they can get AJ Hench, you get AJ Hench. I hope so. Uh, Bad David Show with Lamont Pope. Follow him at Lamont Pope, Talking White Sox. He covers them for the Tribune. Uh, listen, you mentioned free agency. We all know that they need a starting picture. You can't go into next year trying to rely on these young arms and think you're going to get 200-plus innings out of them. Uh, we need a left fielder, and we definitely need a left-hand bat. Who are some of the guys that you would prefer to fill in those situations? 
Yeah, I mean, starting pitching, let's start there. I mean, obviously, everyone's going to be like, Trevor Bauer, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, probably not Trevor Bauer. Probably, right. probably, <laughs> probably, I mean, Trevor's going to be, yeah, he's going to get, you know, he's going to be, everybody's going to want Trevor Bauer, and rightfully so. I mean, he, you mm-hmm. know, he had a great season this, this past season with the, with the Reds. Um, but I think someone like, a, you know, like a Marcus Stroman, mm-hmm. uh, someone like a Jake Odorizzi, who, you know, I remember last year before he uh, signed the, had the, uh, accepted the, the qualifying offer with the Twins. I thought that he might have been a nice little fit for the White Sox. Um, uh, Walker, uh, you know, the, he, had, he had a nice kind of comeback, you know, he was with Seattle and went to Toronto, had a nice, nice little season with, with them. And so, so one of those three guys can, can really help on out young enough to kind of be there to kind of help grow, but also has that experience uh, and has been in some of those types of situations as well. That's, and that's what you want. You want to have someone who, you know, who can depend on for like, you know, three or, you know, sort of like, a, like in a Dallas sort of type, sort of like in Dallas Keiko sort of type of situation where you have someone who has had some success, some rooted success in the past, and, and you can kind of depend on and lock on in for, for three years or so. Um, right field. I mean, you know, that, that's, that's, that's one of those situations. Well, obviously, uh, Nomar Mazzara, they traded from this past off season from the Rangers. Uh, he, he was someone who, who has you know, home run potential, but he just didn't show it with the Sox. You know, he was out uh, for the, um, at the beginning of the season, he said because of strep throat and he just never really gained that power. He had only one home run all season long. And so I know that that's a situation that they're going to be kind of looking at to see what they can do in right field. You know, is it someone like a Jock Peterson? Who, you know, obviously they, they, you know, they kind of flirted with in, in the past and in, in, in obtaining one way or the other. Um, you know, he would help on out from the left side of the plate. And so that, mm-hmm. that you know, not only could he, you know, give you that, uh, you know, that left-handed bat that helped help from that sort of standpoint. Um, and then designated hitter. I mean, I think designated hitter is a situation where you, you have someone like Andrew, Andrew Vaughn, you, you have someone in-house who can, yeah. who can take the next step. And, and Andrew Vaughn, I think, is ready. Uh, the, the one thing that that's one area where this pandemic did hurt, where he didn't get the at-bats down in a minor league system where he can kind of be like, all right, now we're ready to see what Andrew can do at the major league level. But during spring training and during uh, summer camp, I mean, he was just raking. I mean, you know, every single time he came up to the plate, just hitting everything and hitting everything hard. Um, and so I, I think that it's a situation where, where the, you know, you don't really have to go outside uh, to get a DH. You, you can look inside and you, and you go with Andrew Vaughn and, and have him take that next step and, and be that guy that you can insert on into the lineup. Look, speaking of in-house, and I know you mentioned it in your article as far as James McCann being gone because he's a top-flight catcher. It's very few catchers that can hit and catch, uh, but he, he can do that. At least he just started doing it with us last year after leaving Detroit. Um, I know you said that they can go with Zach Collins and stay in-house, but what about looking for another vet to kind of, one, keep the mouths off of Yasmani since you have him for two more seasons and kind of keep the same thing that you had going this well with having two good backstops? It, it seemed to really benefit the Sox this season. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that that might be something that they might definitely look on into because it's a situation where, you know, again, James is going to be commanding, you know, high dollars and, and deserve, deserve yep. so, you know, what you know, what he did last year and what he did this season as well. Um, you know, he showed that he want, you know, he, he deserves to be a guy that can be an almost everyday uh, starting catcher. Um, and so, so from that standpoint, yeah, it might be a situation where you, where you can, you know, there's going to be plenty of other guys. I haven't really looked at the, the list uh, to completely see who's available, but you might be able to get a service, a serviceable guy that can, that can give Yasmani a day off or two. I mean, Yasmani is someone who, who does want to catch every single day as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he did that uh, last season when he was with Milwaukee, he caught you know, a ton of games. Yes, he did. So, so, so I think it's a situation where you, know, where you have someone who, who who's going to be willing to catch, but yeah, you might want to have a, have a someone who has a little more experience 
um, because you know obviously it's a situation where, where again where, where Zach hasn't you know, he hasn't had a, had a ton of chances to show up, but but he, but he really hasn't had that opportunity to when he has had the opportunity he hasn't really taken a full grasp of that of that chance. Same with uh, you know obviously in spring training um, guys like Jeremy Mercedes. Uh, you know, he had a, he had a great spring, but um, but again, it's, it, you, you want to have someone who has that sort of veteran presence as well, and, and I, I can definitely see that being the case uh, with them. Kind of kind of looking to see where they can get a little bit cheaper, you know, because because McCann's going to cost an awful lot. Look, besides Flynn and Hose through free agency, looking at the team that's on the field, what if any are the concerns that you may have uh, for these players next season? Yeah, no, I mean, I think a lot of it's just sort of taking that next step. I mean, we talked a little bit about, about the pitching staff. You know, obviously you want to get um, the number three guy because obviously, as you saw in game three of the playoffs, you know, not having that established third starter uh, was, you know, came back to hurt them a little bit. But it, it, but for the rest of the guys, it's taking that next step. It's it's for Dylan, it's finding that consistency in the strike zone. Uh, for Dane, it's, it's being that guy that was more like his first five starts or so and not those last couple starts of the season. Uh, with Ronaldo, it's, it's just finding that consistency start in and start out. Um, and then, and then it's just kind of watching these guys kind of grow and take that next step as well. Obviously, like you take a look at um, Eloy, you know, he he, you know, he had a great rookie year, and then he got even better his his second season. So, so that's what you want to see from Luis, right? You, you know, he had a, he had a you know just just lights out uh, July and August. Just was you know, I mean, was one of the most exciting players in all of baseball to watch. And then when he struggled in September, you know, kind of got in between a little bit with his swing. Um, it, it was a major scuffle. Um, and so, so it's just kind of being able to bounce on the back, you know, what he learned from September. He had, he had a nice uh, final, you know, final stretch in, in the playoffs there. He had a really good game. He obviously, you know, provided most of the offense there in, in, in game three. Um, so, so, you know, star potential with Luis Robert, but it's just taking that next step. You want to see that out of him. You want to see Nick Madrigal kind of grow as well. Just continue. Obviously, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll hit a pitch up here. He'll pitch down there. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, but, but it's also kind of getting better on you know, some of those base running mistakes that he made, some of those, uh, you know, a couple of the feeling mistakes that he made, just kind of growing from that, learning from those, those opportunities and getting better from that standpoint. Um, yeah, and then and then guys like uh, like Jose and Tim, you just want them to just keep on doing. What keep on going. Yeah. yeah. Look. Yeah. Um, and then you know, Yohan obviously just kind of you know obviously get back to himself. Year, yeah, it was such an odd year. You, you know, kind of stuff to even evaluate Yohan's uh, uh, year because obviously, I mean, when he, when he's on, he's one of the top players. Not only you know obviously with the White Sox, but in all of the American League, and and the fact that you know COVID really really took an impact and really, really yeah. hit them hard. And, and so, yeah, you just want him to rest on up and, and come on back and, and be the Yohan Moncada that the White Sox know that he can be. Or right, this one, I, I want yes to know, and then I have one last one. You mentioned that Lewis Robert could be a star. Can he be a star? Can he be a super, superstar? Super duper star. He can okay, be just, yeah, that's yeah. what I, yeah, that's what, I, that's how I feel. And then last one, uh, definitely appreciate you for joining us. Um, Look, how have you been moving through this this COVID situation? How have you been entertaining yourself? What are some of the hindrances that, like, how's it been different for you being in this type of situation and also getting your job done? I know we kind of opened up talking about that. Yeah, no, it's it's been a unique uh, season for sure. I mean, you know, I went out to Oakland for the uh, wild card series, and, and that was my that was my first flight since uh, since spring training. Coming back from this lock bag, how'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was just you know, uh, it was just such a unique and different. Uh, 
um, season from that standpoint. You know, you know, obviously I'm, I'm so used to kind of going to going to all the games, particularly all the road road trips, and making most of the road trips from that standpoint. And this year, you know, we we got the chance to go up to Detroit, got the chance to go over to Cleveland, but but I missed on you know because of the restrictions. You know, if if I if I would have gone to Kansas City, then I would have had to quarantine for two weeks because we can't you know yeah from because Missouri was on the list. Yeah. Uh, same, same thing. You know, same thing when the White Sox went up to Milwaukee. You know, they we were told you know if you can come back. Yeah, you can't you can't yeah. do it, and so just so just you know you have to kind of pick and choose from that standpoint. Uh, I watch a whole lot of you know not only watching a lot of games at home, but keeping score at home for the first time, for the first time in a long long time. And so, uh, but but uh, but it was a situation where in one way or the other, I was, you know, of the sixty three games that the Sox played, uh, I covered sixty one of them, and so so they kept me busy. Yeah. It was fun. It was, it was a fun, fun season for sure from that standpoint. Lamont, listen, keep up the great work, and we definitely look forward to talking to you down the line. And stay safe out here, man. You too. Thank you very much. Anytime. No doubt. Lamont Pope from the Tribune joining us, and we always appreciate it.